On a cracked, dry spot of Iraq's historic marshlands, Rahim Nur Dawood watched helplessly as his water buffaloes fell sick and died. The marshes are drying up. We haven't seen temperatures like these. These temperatures caused the drought. It was so hot that the fetuses died inside the pregnant buffalo, I swear. And even now, you can see the effect the heat is having on them. As bad as it is now, things will only get worse. The country is expected to record a 2 degree centigrade increase in temperatures and a further 9% decline in rainfall by 2050. But Iraq is not alone. Across the Middle East, countries are already struggling with the impacts of climate change. Temperatures are hotter and water more scarce. You're listening to Beyond the Headlines. I'm Leila Garagoslu, and this week we're looking at how water scarcity is threatening not just the environment, but the political stability of the region. Before we get started, please subscribe to Beyond the Headlines to keep up to date with our latest episodes. From the Nile to the Euphrates to the Tigris, these once great rivers are drying up. While water is an issue across the region, in countries like Lebanon, Iraq, and Syria, who are facing economic crisis, corruption, and conflict, the problem is an acute one. Even in wealthier Gulf nations, water scarcity is still an issue. Methods like desalination require huge resources and still have adverse environmental impact. That technology is simply out of reach for many countries in the Middle East. Water scarcity has led to diplomatic crises. Egypt has threatened war with Ethiopia over their Nile Dam project. Turkey, Syria, Iran, and Iraq have traded accusations over their dams and their share of the water. Water scarcity is even considered one of the factors that led to the Syrian war, when in 2006, farmers facing extreme drought left their farms and migrated to the cities in search of work. Water is essential to the very survival of every living thing. Potable water or water we can drink is facing three main challenges. There are more of us, poor management, and of course, climate change. Kavim Adoni is a water conservation expert. He is head of the Nexus Research Program at the United Nations University in Germany. But before that, he was the deputy head of Iran's Department of Environment. Known as Iran's expat eco-warrior, in 2018 he fled the country after he was arrested for 72 hours during a roundup of environmentalists who were sounding the alarm on Iran's environmental issues. It is hard to find a country in the Middle East which doesn't have a water shortage problem. The reason for that is that we are talking about a region which naturally receives much less precipitation than the world average. But on the other side, the region has had a lot of resources, including oil and gas, which has let it grow uh, rapidly, disregarding its major natural resource limitations. So the development path has continued ignoring the lack of water, ignoring that, that water can be limited to growth. And through the use of technology and spending a lot of money, they have tried to address this shortage. Yet when you have a lot of people, those people need food. 
If you are farming, you have to do in most places irrigated agriculture in the Middle East. If you irrigate a lot too much, then you run out of water. And this is the situation we have seen in these countries one after the other. Uh, Some countries have had better plans and have been prepared for it. But in most of these countries, we are seeing trial and error going forward and making mistakes. Although trial and error seem to have kept places in the region afloat, it is not a sustainable path forward. Kava says Syria is a prime example of this. Now, climate change is creating a big threat, um, you know, to the resilience of these countries in a sense that we might see situations like we saw in Syria. Water shortage or drought was not definitely the cause of the Syrian crisis, but it was a catalyst to what unfortunately happened in Syria. Decades of bad management, like many other parts of the Middle East, combined with an extreme event, a drought, resulted in a lot of farmers losing jobs, migrations, inequalities, and then uh, subsequently a, a lot of tension. As climate change gets worse, so does its impact on water resources. And as Syria has shown, the real-life consequences can be tragic and also violent. In 2018, the UN warned that 3.6 billion people have inadequate access to water for at least one month per year. That will hit 5 billion people by 2050, according to the report. This is more than facts and figures for people living in the Middle East. In the hot summer of 2021, Crowds took to the streets in Iran and Iraq to express their frustration with the lack of water for drinking, farming, and day-to-day living. In Iran, nearly 40 years of dam construction and poor water development has led to an untenable situation. Farmers are unable to get water to their crops. Villages in areas like Sistan and Baluchestan have virtually no access to water for drinking. And some of the most famous bodies of water in Iran have all but dried up. The problem in Iran, Kavis says, is no longer one of water scarcity, but one of water bankruptcy. The amount of water consumed is more than the water available. Iran's dire situation, like its neighbor Iraq, is also exacerbated by climate change. Both Iraq and Iran face the hottest and driest summers in nearly 40 years. Sinan Mahmoud, the national's correspondent in Baghdad, says Iraq's water shortages are nothing new, but it's getting worse. The country has been suffering from the water shortages for years, uh, mainly after, let's say, after 2003, mainly due to the upstream dams in Turkey and Iran. They are the source of about um, 70% of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers inside Iraq. Also, the country saw the lowest rainfall in last winter. The rainfall rates were at historically low levels. And then in summer, the water flow in the two rivers, Tigris and Euphrates, reduced by nearly 50% compared to the same period in 2020. Sinan says Iraqis are increasingly frustrated by the situation and the government's efforts to mitigate the lack of water is falling flat. In fact, the government even went so far as to limit farming, a decision that hurts the most vulnerable and poor Iraqis. What has made it difficult for them is that the Iraqi government measures to cope with the lack of water by limiting the cultivated area. They limited uh, the cultivated area in the uh, the Yala province this summer by 30%. And then this winter, they are going to further reduce the area by 50%. So they are allowing about 250,000 hectares this winter to be cultivated. And that's where we are talking about 25% of the whole cultivated area in, in the country. 
the Iraqi government has struggled to address the issues of water shortages for a variety of reasons. Iraq, after the 2003 invasion, suffered years of grinding conflict and investment in infrastructure was limited. In addition, water shortages in neighboring Iran and Turkey also make it difficult for Iraq to solve its own problems. The Tigris and Euphrates, which account for 90% of Iraq's fresh water, have dwindled and even dried up in many areas. Turkish and Iranian dams have exacerbated Iraq's water shortage when combined with a year of low rainfall. Despite Iraq's efforts to call for more water to be released, both Turkey and Iran have cited their own water shortages. For more than five years, the situation was better. We managed our lives here and we were well settled. But during this period, the drought caused us harm. People here are going through hard times during the water crisis. The agricultural foodstuff was destroyed. Our lives here have been ruined. That was Rod Hamid Hashem, an Iraqi farmer. He says this past summer's drought was the worst he's ever seen. There are similar stories across the region. In contrast to Iraq, Lebanon has a lot of water, but for them, the issue is management. The financial crisis means the country is unable to maintain its current water supply. Utility providers simply cannot afford to fix pipes or order spare parts. UNICEF estimates around 40% of water is being lost across Lebanon, mostly due to lack of maintenance and illegal connections to the water supply. More than two-thirds of the population are considered to be at risk of losing access to clean water. The cost of water bottled or through private suppliers has increased considerably, and the poorest and most vulnerable are most at risk. In Jordan, the cost of water has increased by 30% in the last 10 years. In Yemen, the projects to solve the water crisis have been stalled while the country relies on humanitarian aid. The Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam caused large-scale diplomatic tensions with its neighbors, resulting in a display of military exercises by Sudan and Egypt. And while many of the challenges are a result of climate change, some steps taken by governments are leading to their own issues, both politically but also environmentally. Dams, for example, can cause extensive damages to the ecosystem, damaging the habitat and biodiversity. Kava asks whether the choices governments in the region are taking are helping or hindering. Whether the current development model is sustainable, to ask whether the current way of managing the country's international relations, um, ideology, and so on, are sustainable, or they just make you more and more vulnerable, putting millions of people in the region at risk who in the future might suffer from unemployment, suffer from lack of food, and lack of other resources, pollution, uh, desertification, deforestation, dust storms, declining groundwater levels, sinkholes, biodiversity loss, wildfires, floods, droughts, etc. One only has to look to Syria to see the confluence of all these issues. Syria's water struggles began nearly 40 years ago with dam construction. But the situation in Syria has only gotten worse over the last decade. According to the International Committee of the Red Cross, after 10 years of war, Syria has 40% less drinking water. While Syria is the most extreme example of how water and climate change can cause conflict, Kavis says both Iran and Iraq have to look closely at Syria. The whole region is vulnerable to climate change, water shortage, and many 
other environmental problems. But there are some countries in the region which have a higher risk. If you want to identify those, you have to look at their economies and see where the poor work. If there are too many people working in the agricultural sector, you should immediately realize that that country in the region can face serious water security and national security problems and human security problems, and note that the effects of such national security problems would not be limited to those countries only. We have learned this from the problems in Syria. Um, Iran must be careful with what is happening. Iran must see the signals which are coming from its water sector. Iraq needs to pay attention to this. Sinan says you just have to look at the past to see there is a risk of conflict if the situation gets worse. I see a possibility of internal conflict inside Iraq among the, the local communities themselves because we had some violent events before among the local communities and farmers uh, downstream, mainly in the south, about their shares in the water. I don't see any conflict between these countries, at least in the time being, but I can see increase in the internal conflict uh, among the communities, among the tribes, among the, uh, the farmers in Iraq, mainly in the south. How these issues get addressed is still up for debate. While Iran and Iraq were signatories to the Paris Accords, the 2015 International Climate Treaty signed by over 190 nations, neither have been able to hit their goals, a task that requires proper funding and, as Kovit points out, requires stability and peace. But Sinan says very little attention has been paid to Iraq and its environmental issues on the global stage. For Iraq, I haven't seen any interest from the international community to help the government or the government since 2003 to, to cope with the lack of water or making any pressure on Iran and Turkey to release more for, uh, water to Iraq. So to be honest, I don't know. Um, I can't see any help from the international community to, to Iraq in this regard. While Kavi believes there needs to be a cohesive global agenda, he says ultimately countries in the Middle East need to work together. You need regional cooperations, and regional cooperations can be effective. Note the fact that, you know, we talk about water wars, environmental wars, and so on. History proves to us that we have seen more cases of cooperation over water resources than conflicts. Water can be used as a weapon to threaten, as we have seen it in the Middle East in a lot of instances, but also it can be a means of cooperation, an excuse for cooperation. Other environmental matters as well. You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Leila Garagoslu. Subscribe now to hear more. And if you have time to leave a review, we would love to know what you think. This week's episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan.